Welcome to another episode of The Illustrious Gentleman, the place where comic book artists and top blokes Scott Godleski and Ryan Cody talk about life, work, comics and booze. Follow the show on Twitter at TIG underscore show and online at www.tigshow.com T-I-G-S-H-O-W dot com Don't forget to let us know what you're drinking while you're listening to the show. Go on yourself, big man. Hey everyone, this is Scott. I am back on this podcast for a record-tying second week in a row. This week, Ryan and I talk about our favorite podcast, what makes them great and why you should listen. And no, this show did not make our cut. So, uh, we're going to start off today, uh, once again, thanking our sponsor, Samurai Comics. Uh, they have three locations in Arizona, and they can help with all your comic book needs, graphic novel needs, uh, your geek merchandise that you want for Christmas. They have everything you want at any of their three Valley locations, and also at SamuraiComics.com. So, thanks to Mike Banks and all the crew at Samurai Comics for sponsoring the show. All right, Scott, so... Uh, I saw a photo you sent in an email, all your various uh, liquors. So what did you choose for today's show? All right. You want to get into this right now? Um, yeah, I, I bumped down to Total Wine this morning and grabbed a couple of things. Well, one thing, I got a bottle of 1792 uh, small batch bourbon, but I also picked up a couple of uh, the 50 mil mini bottles of different things. I tried to get a bit of a variety. Um, I'll probably open up some of the other ones on other shows. But today, I went with uh, the Winchester Rye Whiskey. That's my my itty bitty baby bottle. And uh, it, so a little bit before the show, I went through and I didn't know anything about any of these. So I googled this thing and I found some weird stuff. Like um, about the uh, about, about this the one specifically, Rye? yeah. So Winchester is produced by um, something called the Terra Essentia Corporation, and now it's produced using what they call their Terra Pure process. So if, if you read the label on the bottle on this thing, it is aged a minimum of six months in new oak casks so it, that's and that's crazy short right? right six months yeah that's what i was gonna say right so i i go on and i google this thing i check it out so terra yeah so the terra central corporation has this web page where they explain well they don't explain their terra process this is like weird sort of pseudoscience-y mumbo jumbo bullshit is how it strikes me but i'll read what this thing is so how they describe this TerraPure process. The patented TerraPure process is a carefully controlled application of ultrasonic energy, heat, oxygen, and other factors designed to dramatically improve the quality and taste of a wide range of distilled spirits. So that doesn't, like, that doesn't mean anything. No, it doesn't mean anything. So, but what there is, they're, you know, artificially maturing 
this whiskey and I don't know. It's it's very strange. Um, you have a you have the Monsanto of whiskey. Exactly. This is like conspiracy theorist booze. Oh, maybe we should uh, have a special show with JD on, and then we can all drink it together and die. But um, I mean, on the nose, it smells like just a regular whole glass of whiskey. I mean, it's got the like a bit of honey and like uh. A little bit of vanilla. I mean, it looks fine. I don't know. I'm. It's probably full of nanites or something. All right. Well, what is the first? Uh, what's the first taste do for you? Besides, besides, give you special abilities that you can now use for good or evil. <laughs> right. I'm afraid I'm gonna get superpowers or cancer. I don't. I can. Well, you know, I can taste the ultrasonic energy. Uh, I also have my drink choice today. Also, is uh, has ties to the cults. I got a beer from Utah, and uh, it's from the Wasatch Brewery in Salt Lake City, and it's the Devastator Double Bock Lager. Uh, I got it mostly for the label, something I've never tried before, and the label is like a ram with flames around him, and both the U.S. Capitol building and the British House of Parliament, so... What does the British House of Parliament have to do with Utah? What does the U.S. Capitol have to do with Utah? It's like they want to burn down. Like, you know, this beer's you know, it's got so much attitude, it's going to, you know, take down the take down the 1%. So I figured I'd give it a shot. Uh, it's 8%, which is pretty decent. And um, like I said, it's from Salt Lake City, Utah. And on the back, they make jokes. This brewery makes a joke. Like this says... Uh, this beer has established a cult following. Can you imagine that? A cult following in Utah. So they're trying to be funny. They also make a polygamy porter. And the tag, the tagline for the polygamy <laughs> porter is take one home for your wives. Nice. Um, so I thought I'd give it a shot. Uh, can't hurt. I got it at the Chevron down the road. $1.79 a bottle. Does smell sweet. All the reviews were talking about how sweet it smelled. Does smell sweet. It tastes a little sweet. It's pretty good on first taste. We'll see how it goes. Uh, so I, I might I might stop doing this little bit where I read the beer advocate because most of them are stupid. But I did find one line from a longer review from a username I can't even pronounce it. Iazan Lee, Iazan Lee. Maybe it's supposed to be E as in Lee, but it's I as in Lee. Anyways, we spent too much time on that. So he had one. You know, the last line of his review was uh, I'm going to read it. The drinkability is off the hook due to not having the syrupy, overpowering kick yo ass of most double box I have had. Thus, my five star review. I could drink a six or no problem until I have to wake up the next morning. Job well done. So, did he spell yo ass y o? Yeah, no, I read it. Yeah, I, I read it phonetically. Yo ass. That's awesome. Um, so yeah, we'll see. You know, I don't know. Like I mentioned in past podcasts, I don't know how establish my palate is it smells like every other Bach I've ever had, which I don't really know the difference between a Bach, uh, you know, uh, you know, those brown nut beers and shit like that. It's just, it's not quite an ale or a lager and it's not quite as a porter or stout. It's kind of in the middle, but I'll, I'll let you know uh, at the end of the uh, show here. I did have a quick question for you that I was thinking of earlier. And I thought because you're about five years younger than me, you might, you might have some insight into this. But uh, 
what's the deal with the Power Rangers and why do so many adults in their 30s love the Power Rangers? I knew it was going to be a Power Rangers question. Sure. That's weird. I don't know. I never watched that show. I saw a movie poster for it when uh, we went to see Fantastic Beasts. Oh, how, I don't, how was that? I, I don't get it. I still haven't you seen it. You haven't seen I, it yet? No, I didn't see it yet. It's, it's you know, Deadline. I would have figured, Harry, you know, the Potterhead you are, you would have been. No, my original plan, there. my original okay, plan. Weekend. So my original plan was to see it the night it opened at like 7 p.m. The, the night before it opened, you know, when they do the, the preview the night before. But up here where I live, they just moved. We only have one movie theater and they moved it across town they built a brand new one they moved across town but it's right next to a purina dog food factory um which is also right next to the mall and i hate going out there because it constantly smells like dried dog food (laughs) and it's fucking disgusting so i haven't been out there yet and i didn't go out the night before because they also raise their prices so because of where i live everything's a little more cost of living up here is more expensive and everything else and also the Harkins uh, theater up here charges more than they charge in Prescott or in Phoenix. So I put my foot down and refused to pay an extra dollar or two for a ticket for the same experience I would get elsewhere in the state for cheaper. So, so uh, you waiting until you come down for your birthday or something? Yeah. I'll, I mean, I might see it in Prescott next week or something like that, but I've also realized these things I'm really excited for. I don't think rogue one will fall into this. I think I have to see that the day it opens, but these other movies that I think I'm excited for, I think if I just wait like a day, it, I it doesn't matter to me anymore. Like I, I don't I don't think I need to rush out to see it. Uh, that said, how did you, how did you and the family like uh, Fantastic Beasts? Uh, it was okay. It was fine. I don't I I don't like anything, right? Obviously, it was fun. Eddie Redmayne's always good. It was. Kind of neat to see Colin Farrell in the Potterverse. You know, costumes and set design were fine. It had some, it had some pacing and and tonal flaws. And there's a a beat at the very end that just sucked me right out of the movie. Um, but it was okay. I I saw an article uh, last night that compared. Uh, or said that Fantastic Beasts was uh, the Phantom Menace of the Potter series. I thought, oh, yeah, I can, I can kind of see that. Well, apparently there's supposed to be like four more that'll focus not entirely on him, but on the, you know, his part of this universe. Uh, so we'll see. I mean, yeah, uh, I, I'm not excited for the other movies based on this this one. Yeah. No, I mean I'll probably go see it next week. So maybe in the in the next show or in a couple of shows, I could I could give you my expert opinion on it since I'm so well versed. Yeah, I would be interested to to know what you think. All right. So today's topic I think might have been brought up by you, but either way, I think it's one that we we both have some thoughts on and something that we can uh, chat about fairly easily. And it's uh, po- other podcasts that we like. I assume we like our own podcasts. I can't speak for you. Um, no, I hate it. Yeah, but uh, so I I got a list of some that I like and the reasons I like them, and you know, kind of the reason I don't like certain podcasts. So, uh, you know, rather than me always chatting, why don't why don't you start it off here with some? Okay, well, I I think maybe first we should um, explain what we think makes a good 
show. All right, go for it. So and so then when we go through here, we can see how many of these things um, apply to our selection. Um, so I think for me, like I, I put this poll out on Twitter this morning. Actually, it was only like before an hour or two before we we started recording. So my question on Twitter was: When choosing a podcast, what's most important to you as a listener? And as of let me refresh this right now we have eight votes um so my choices were topic slash content so what the show is about what does it cover um the host or hosts editing and structure like the way the show is built or you know other uh so 50 percent of the vote goes to topic and content which makes a lot of sense because when you bump around itunes you go and you put in whatever it is if you want to show about comic books you're going to put in comic books and you're going to find your show that way right nobody wants to listen to you know 20 30 40 minutes of stuff that they're not interested in no matter how engaging the hosts are or how you know professional the presentation is that makes a ton of sense i get that um host or hosts plural came in at 38 percent and that makes a lot of sense, too, that that would be the second one, right? So if you're going to listen to Joe Rogan's podcast or Doug Benson or, right, you know, whatever, you're listening for those guys. Yes. Um, nobody selected editing or structure, which I guess also makes sense, though that's something that's important to me and I'll probably mention as we go through my choices. And uh, – so I think in probably just one vote for other, and the other that they mentioned was consistency. So if a, a show meets whatever schedule sets up for itself once a once a week, once every two weeks or whatever. Okay, well, I, I actually just hopped over because I didn't see that, and I voted, and I chose topic and content is what I added to it. Right. So there you go. Um, so, so yeah, I agree. That makes sense. I agree with all that, especially the the no vote for editing structure because it should be something you don't notice. So if you do notice, you're you're list you're going in with an agenda. You're go you're going in right. right. So uh, yeah, and I'll mention that specifically in one of my favorite podcast choices because it's something that really stands out. And when they talk about the way they edit it, they actually mention that part how long um, one of the hosts takes to edit a show and the way he does it. And it's really interesting and it makes for a really tight, nice presentation. It, it really helps the show a lot. So, so, so you're telling me, you're telling me I need to take some notes then when you start talking about that part of the podcast. I don't have any room to speak on that shit. Cause I do 0% of that and I don't listen to the show. So I don't know. How That's to correct. Do. All right. So, so at the top of my list, I have, two podcasts that kind of gave me the uh the impetus and the and the uh, hope you know not hope but the idea that i also wanted to 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 do a podcast for certain reasons so there are two podcasts that kind of kick-started that for me um do you have anything like that on your list no just go ahead or should i just it, go it, ahead do you want do you want a ping pong or do you just okay. want to list yours and then i'll list mine no, well, I'll start. I'll start with these two, and then I'll, and All then right. I have another list after that. But uh, so, so the two podcasts I listen to 
that I've been listening to for a couple of years that it kind of got me interested in the idea of talking to someone and, and hashing things out and, and talking about new ideas. Um, one is obvious. I mean, one's fairly obvious in our line of work and that's the ink pulp podcast that Sean crystal does. Uh, I like the idea that it's a one-on-one interview with a professional comic creator where they talk about topics that affect most of us. I think anxiety, uh, depression, work, you know, elation, relationships within the industry, you know, the pitfalls of freelance, the, the troubles of family, you know, I, I like that idea. Um, Sean only does one a month and he always does it in person. So I can see why, you know, it's, it's not always easy for him to do more shows besides being a full-time freelance comic book artist. So I like that. And then, um, the podcast I listen to most often just because it comes out twice a week is the WTF podcast with Mark Marin, which I don't, don't think surprises many people. Um, I like the interview pod. I like the interview aspect of that. I like his conversations where it's not necessarily an interview. It's a chat, it's a conversation. And that's kind of like what I, you know, the goals of what I want to do when I record an episode is I don't necessarily want it to be a series of questions and answers. I want it to be a organic conversation that sort of flows um and i really like i really like mark's sensibilities you know we have a lot of the same we think about things a lot of the same way and no matter who he's interviewing you know a lot of times it might be somebody i've never heard of it's still an interesting podcast and it's it kind of falls into that consistency category where it's always an hour maybe a little bit more it's always a conversation and you get to know mark but you get to know the host better every show and you get to know his guests you know, on a more deeper, intimate level. Um, so those two podcasts I listen to a lot when I'm uh, working out or walking or in the car driving, you know, across the state and stuff like that. So yeah, those are my first, those are my big two that kind of like, all right, this is something that I enjoy and something that I would like to do. And maybe other people would want to listen to it. And even if they don't want to listen to it, it's something I enjoy doing. So yeah, that I, yeah, I mean, those are pretty similar shows i suppose I, I mark doesn't have um you know a, as focused uh um a topic as as sean does but yeah they're two single host conversational type of shows yeah i get that i listen to ink pulp quite a bit maybe two or a year and a half ago i i haven't listened in a long time i don't know why i don't know maybe i don't know i I still have, I'm still subscribed to it in iTunes. I still see when new episodes popped up, but I haven't listened in a long time, nor to uh, WTF either. Um, when he has an interesting guest or somebody I actually want to listen to, I'll, I'll put it on. But yeah, I, I listen to them very infrequently, those two. Not to say that they're not good because they are well-produced shows. Um, yeah, but I don't know. They're, they're not on my must-listen list. All right. Well, what what is on your your must listen to list? Um, I well, I should start by saying that through like iTunes and the Podcast Addict Addict app on my phone, I'm subscribed to thirty to forty different shows. Um, but I only listen to I wrote down five here that whenever I see them pop up, I have to put on. Um, my number, I, I should say these are in no particular order, but if I were going to have to pick my favorite show, my number one favorite show right now is the unbelievable podcast by, uh, 
Brian Frangie and Phoebe Tires. It's like a, a conspiracy, uh, paranormal humor type podcast. It, if I could describe it, they're kind of like um, it's sort of like the Colbert Report for conspiracy and paranormal topics. Like they play these pseudo advocates when they talk about this stuff. Like maybe it could be, but uh, most of the time it's in a mocking sense and it's hilarious. Right. And that's why you like it, right? Because you, you also like to mock these sort of finding Bigfoot shows and shit like that. You, you you realize they're all bullshit, but they're entertaining. Yes. I hate that stuff. Right. Yeah. Um, and there's a cup, there's a handful of these shows on my list. You want me to give you another one? Oh no! Well, uh, you did too, or do you want to go? All back right, I'll it? I'll jump in real quick, and I'll I'll okay. combine two together uh, okay. because there's two that I listen to that are probably two of the most popular podcasts in the world. So it's not going to be a revelation to anybody. But I like Serial uh, because it's in depth journalism told in a kind of a you know entertaining way. It's not uh, you know Dan Rather or somebody just reading the news. It's different people uh talking about different events with their own perspective so i really like serial both seasons of it and i i don't always listen to this american life but i will listen to it on occasion if it's a topic that i enjoy and it falls into the category of i just like hearing people tell stories and a lot of times on this american life they'll have just average people telling a story that happened to them that might not even be that extraordinary but once i started listening to it i find it's you know, engrossing. And I, I really enjoy listening to it and uh serial kind of spun out of this American life. So I kind of grouped those two together as far as, you know, they, everyone seems to like them. They're, you know, they don't fall into a special niche that I enjoy. It's just enjoyable radio that I can play and listen to. I must be the only person who hasn't listened to serial. Oh, serial's good. If you like true crime and you like, uh, you know, if if you like listening to something and forming your own opinion, and then kind of deciding who's on your side, if it it's it's kind of a definitely it pre- it prevents different sides to each story, and then it leaves it up to you to decide. It doesn't try to form your opinion; it gives you all the information to form opinion of your own. Sounds like it's real news. Yeah, well, I mean, they're all based on real stories. Yeah, it's real. It's based on real life and it's only like, you know, they're like done in seasons. So season one is like 13 episodes and sometimes they're 35 minutes. Sometimes they're an hour season two. Do they, are they telling one story? Yeah. 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 So it's, it's like watching a season of TV. So the first season was about a a convicted killer named Adnan who may or may not have done it in his quest to sort of, to get a new trial or just have people understand what happened. So they go through the, they go through the points of the case, kind of like a, a court reporter would or an investigator would. Um, but they, she tries not to really put her own spin on it. It's more of like, these are all the facts you decide what you think. And then the second series was on uh, Bo Bergdahl, who was a POW in Afghanistan. Um, I might be wrong about that, but in the middle East, and but he wa- he purposely left his post to try to prove a point to his superiors, and then he got abducted. So you got a lot of people that are like, "Oh fuck him," and then you got a lot of people like, "Oh, you can't leave a man behind." So, you know, each each season focuses on one case, without without really a resolution. Kind of leaves it up to you. So that's what I like um, about that show. All right. So what do you have next? Um, another one that really tickles my uh, 
my interest is a show called Lore. I've heard it. I've heard um, of that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Aaron Mankey puts this on. Um, it's so it's sort of a, a historical or, or horror show. So he takes these, you know, these these accounts from history that have some sort of, uh, you know, horror or supernatural tinge to them. And um, he presents that. I, I imagine it's sort of like a, a condensed serial because he's, he's a great storyteller. And he it, the way he, you know, presents it really brings it to life and it sucks. Yeah. And, and this is one of the shows that I think is benefits a lot from really concise and um, expert editing from the music to the cuts and just everything works and it's great. And I guess um, uh, he signed a deal to actually um, turn it into a, a TV show like, like Marin. Oh, okay. So yeah, next year that might be a thing somewhere. I forget what channel it is, but uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to that too. That's a great one. All right. So it's like dramatic storytelling has music cues and uh, sound effects and shit like that. Uh, no sound, no sound effects, but um, it, you feel like you're sitting in front of a fireplace on a stormy night, as you know your grandfather tells you this horrible thing that happened in his youth. It's fantastic. All right, yeah, I think I've listened to one or maybe one or two episodes, but that's it's one of those ones. There's a couple podcasts that I've tried to get into. I don't want to say them right now because they might be on your lists, but I'll say it at the end that I've tried to get into because everyone recommends them, but I just haven't for one reason or another. Um, so next on my list is one that I've just come to within the last maybe two or three months. Uh, but it's also another, all of, my, all of these are very popular. So it's not like I'm breaking any new ground here. Uh, but the How Did This Get Made podcast. Um, mm, yeah. Uh, Paul Shear, uh, Jason, yep. Jason Manzukis, uh, June Raphael, who's Paul Shear's wife, yep. I believe. Um, and they, it's basically a podcast of, and they, they normally do it live, which has, I have a problem with that, but it, you know, they, in front of a live audience, they talk about Hollywood movies and they question, how did it get made? And, and I, I fully buy into that because there's so many comics, so many movies, so many TV shows that I think to myself, like, fuck man, these dudes got like I'm only asking for a little slice of the pie, you know, to make my, to make my way through this creative endeavor that I'm, that I'm embarked on. And some asshole got paid a shit ton of money to write, you know, like vampire Academy or some of these other movies they do. Um, so I'm totally on board with all the fucking nonsense. Uh, I'm a fan of both those guys from the league. I was a big, I'm a big fan of the, the first couple seasons of the league. So that kind of hits all my, you know, all my funny things. Like it's one of those podcasts I could put on and just laugh to. And it's, you know, it's like hanging out with your buddies and talking about how something sucks so bad, except these guys will do it. Whereas, you know, I'm not going to publicly bash comics and shit just cause that's kind of a dick thing to do. These guys can do it and it's charming and funny as opposed right. to if I did something like that, it would just be hateful and mean. Um, yeah, that's a good show. I, I, I like that one. Um, Sheer is probably my least favorite part. I think uh, yes. June and Jason are hilarious. And they usually have pretty good guests. They had Dan Harmon on for, uh, I want to say it was Jack Frost or something. That was one of my favorite episodes. They had uh, Ed Brubaker on a couple episodes ago. I don't remember. Oh, that's right. Yeah. For Electra, I think. 
Oh, maybe they had them back then because I didn't see the Electra one. This is something just from a couple of weeks ago. I can't remember. But yeah, Paul Shear is the most annoying one, but I, I guess it's his job. He has to be the moderator. He's the main guy. So, but the the thing I really don't like about that, and it's the thing I don't like about radio show, like when I listen to sports radio or anything else, I don't like the audience participation factor in anything. Uh, really? Yeah. So like radio call-in shows, I hate, uh, I mean, I hate that part of it. Okay. Um, because when people call in, they're, they're not calling in and, and being genuine or whatever, or the, the people in the live audience for how did this get made? They're trying to be funny because they feel like they have to contribute okay. to the show. Right. So they're trying to be clever. They're trying to make a joke and it's just, it's fucking painful to listen to. You know, I don't want to hear the hot take on sports radio from some dude in his fucking bathrobe, you know, drinking a beer. Like, I don't need that. I want people who know what the fuck they're talking about. The only the, the main part, the only part I don't like about how this game made is I wish they would do it in a studio and get rid of the whole audience factor. Now, uh, I haven't listened in a while, but most of the episodes that I had heard when I was a regular listener were in studio. They weren't live shows. Uh, Are they all live now? Uh, well, the last... Uh, I would say the, I mean, the last handful of shows, like I said, I just got into it. I haven't gone back yet. I'm only listening to it, the new ones. Um, and they're almost all live at a, at a place in called Largo in Los Angeles. Um, and so it's just, I mean, it's funny because you get like a, it's like watching a sitcom. You get the crowd laughing at jokes and that's funny. And you get, you get like, you get like Jason playing it up to the crowd and stuff like that, which is good. But then when they go in the audience to ask the questions and get second opinions and shit like that. Yeah, that that uh, makes sense. Yeah. Well, yeah, I guess yeah. I to your analogy of radio talk shows with the the caller portion. Yeah, that's usually pretty lame. But going back to my my first choice, the unbelievable podcast. They don't have call-ins, but they do a lot of reader internet comments and email, and I think that's one of the stronger parts of the show because their fan base is so clever and funny that it it adds to the show. It's, it's not one of its detriments. Right, but th- that's a segment that can be edited and they pick and choose the best of the best. When you're going out to an audience and you're recording a podcast and you put a mic in front of their face, you know, those people can say anything and you might edit them out. Maybe there's maybe there's five worse ones that are edited out, but uh, it's different than when you can curate a bunch of emails yeah. and pick and choose and you have time to react and, you know. Yeah, I get it. Right. So maybe it's the live, yeah. it's a live audience interaction I don't like. Yeah, that's a good choice. How did this get made? That's a that's a solid uh, a solid show. All right. So what do you have next? You had you had lore and you had unbelievable. What do you have next? Yeah. So actually, I'll I'll move into something that's sort of in the same vein. Um, it's a show that's no longer on the air, hand quotes, but it's a movie review podcast. It was called Yeah, It's That Bad. Um, these three guys out of New Jersey, um, Joel, Martin, and Kevin used to put on this show and they kept their they kept themselves anonymous they would never give you their last name uh never anything about what they did and i think that's one of the reasons they ended the show um because they didn't want the show and what they did on it to sort of bleed into their their personal lives and i assume something like that happened and they shut it down because it was becoming a problem but yeah it's awesome it's just these three guys that hang out and traditionally talk about shitty movies and just uh kind of tell you you know about what they thought but the charm of the show was uh the rapport that those three guys had and sort of like um how did this get made it's it's like being you know in the room and just 
bullshitting with your buddies about bad movies. And it's great. You know, it's kind of why I like doing this because you and I were, you know, before we ever recorded these, we would we would Skype and shit and talk shit. So this is kind of that. We just don't talk as much shit, but it's a similar idea. Um, you know, just friends getting together, talking about a, a mutual topic. Yeah. And the, one of the things that I like also about this one and uh, unbelievable is that when a show is on for long enough and the hosts have enough, you know, have a level of chemistry and a really good rapport that you start to develop all of these inside jokes where somebody listening to the first time would just be completely lost. I, I, I love inside jokes and both of those shows just had them in spades. Um, okay. So I mentioned earlier the, the WTF, the ink pulp were the kind of podcasts that may be like, Oh, I want to do this. But probably the first podcast I ever listened to religiously was the sidebar uh, podcast that uh, Dwight Swain and Adrian uh, did, which they would interview comic book artists, illustrators, painters, and it was great. I mean, they they would go to Heroes Con and interview guys, and they would go to other shows and interview guys. And it was a really good sort of in depth. You know, they would they would talk about their career from start to current, and really get in depth with a lot of artists. And uh, it's a great podcast. I mean, they ended it I think a couple of years ago or last year possibly, but. Uh, I really enjoyed it. And that's, it was one of my favorite podcasts still is one of my favorite podcasts, but I don't know if you ever listened to it. Uh, no, I've never listened to sidebar. Um, this may be the other, another one on your list. I used to listen to word balloon. Yeah. That's not on my list, but, um, yeah, I, I thought that was a, that was a nice show too. It's just, you know, it's, um, just a, a single host conversational interview show, but it was fine. All right, so what's next on your list? Uh, next one I've got is a science show uh, called Monster Talk. So it's a paranormal supernatural show, but from the point of view of skeptics. So it takes a science-based look at different things like the Loch Ness Monster and you know the Chupacabra and Mothman and that sort of stuff. It's hosted by uh, Dr. Karen Stalsno and Blake Smith, and they're on 100-plus episodes, something like that now. But it's great. It's uh, it's kind of like uh, Skeptic's Guide to the Universe, except it covers specifically um, topics that I'm interested in. So it's not all over the place with homeopathy and uh, alternative medicine and that sort of stuff. They focus on... Uh, on monster stories and then sort of break that down. So I'll tell you why Bigfoot's not plausible and all of that stuff. And it's great. It's great. Is Does each episode focus on one creature or do they, you know, do they do arcs or how's that work? No, they, it, it, they're just creature of the week sort of stuff. Um, so they'll do, you know, they'll have a, a, a biologist or an archaeologist on or something to talk about Loch Ness monster. And then they'll do, you know, a show on, um, werewolves or, uh, you know, whatever. Do they ever have a show where they, you know, is it like Mythbusters where they try to bust it? Do they ever, ever have a show that's like, Oh, this shit could be real. We just don't think it is. Or do they definitively kind of drop the hammer? And no, I, I don't think they go in looking to prove or disprove anything. So, like, one of the episodes was 
I forget the name of it now, but it's it's this fairly uh, well-known case of these Bigfoot pictures, right? Like this guy set up this trail cam on his property, and um, it took a bunch of pictures of this creature that he claims was Bigfoot. But they they look at the pictures and they do their homework and they try to interview him and get the original pictures, you know. And it turns out that it's just a a bear with mange, or something like that, right? All right. So yeah, you're really you're really obsessed with this whole like cryptozoology monster bullshit. I like I like exposing bullshit. I, I wish there were a show. There might be along those lines for politics like a kind of like a jerry springer you're the daddy you're not the daddy but like you know a politician would go out there or a conspiracy theorist would go out there and they would say something and then like behind the curtain like a you know a fucking scientist would drop out with irrefutable proof right and just just bust him right there on live tv yeah okay all right well i'm gonna i'm gonna go back for my next one um i'm gonna go back to comics I'm going to go back. To, I'm going to go to a newer podcast that I've been listening to that kind of fills the void of sidebar and jumps in there kind of with um, ink pulp audio. But, you know, I, I feel like he does it more than once a month and it's uh, sketched, which is uh, spelled without any vowels. So S K T C H D sketched podcast with David Harper. And he interviews comic pros and he gets kind of really in depth about sort of their thought process. So he'll talk to, you know, Chris Somney or somebody about, you know, panel design and composition and, and what the thought process was in this specific issue. You know, how did he think, what was the storytelling reasons behind these decisions? And he'll talk to John Paul Leon about what makes a good cover and what do you think about when you're doing covers? Um, and it's part of the sketched website where he, he also does articles. Uh, so it's really creative comic book based creative journalism where he wants to really get into the reasons why decisions are made rather than like, oh, cool. There's a new fucking Generation X book coming out. Let's all talk about that. You know, he's more interested in, in the the meat and potatoes of it. So I, I enjoy that. And he usually has like really good artists on there and stuff like that. So I I knew of like it's a website right isn't it also sketched yeah yep. okay that i knew of i didn't know there was a show so i'll look out for that that sounds interesting yeah it's good i mean i don't have any of these most of my podcasts i listen to are not on any sort of feed that i get you know i go to the sketched website to listen to it well i guess i just lied so for that one i go to the website to listen to it and for my next one i go to the website to listen to it but other ones i i have on my sort of pod feed burner whatever the fuck you want to call it um, all right, so what's your what's your next one? Uh, the last one I've got is um, it's another uh, conspiracy sort of supernatural show. It's also it's hosted by a couple of comedians though. It's called Real Life Sci-Fi with Wade and Willie. Um, I, I thought it was going to be a couple of rednecks, but it turns out it's a couple of stand-up comics from LA uh, who have these horrible names. Uh, so Wade Randolph and Willie Roberts host this show and they talk about, you know, the, the typical stuff you would, you would talk about in these sort of shows like the Bermuda Triangle or, you know, Alien Implants, I think was the last one. That's sort of just stupid stuff. So Wade is like the, like the jaded skeptic, doesn't 
believe any of this stuff, but Willie is the hardcore believer. So it's like Mulder and Scully, but it, if they were comedians that hosted a podcast about each episode, it's good stuff. All right. So that kind of just goes in line. So you don't listen to any creative kind of podcasts? I don't listen to any comic shows, really. I mean, I'll listen. They didn't crack my top five anyway. Um, Under the Comic Covers um, is a good one. They're a review show. They only cover a handful of things. Um, They were really supportive of Copperhead. Right. Um, And uh, Comic Exposure, my... uh, my neighbor Josh does. Uh, it's, it's sort of a review show, but it's more of a discussion show uh, about books. He's had me on and he's had Sean for uh, Dark and Bloody. Um, so that's a good one. But I don't I, no, I don't really listen to any no creative shows, nothing like right. pulp or sketched or anything. No, I, I don't know why. Uh, I mean, I do it all day. Maybe I just. Yeah, well, I mean, there's only so many hours in the day. And when you're listening to bigfoot podcasts all fucking day well i mean and that's my job too i i I, i'm in comics so when i'm looking to be entertained and have you know my attention put on something not work related maybe it it, i just don't want it to be that right yeah and and i i mean yeah i don't See, I don't really listen to podcasts while I'm working, so maybe that's why I enjoy so many of these interview podcasts because I can really get into it and uh, you know and pay t- pay attention. Um, so I got two more, two more, and then you mentioned Comic Exposure as a local podcast. Another local podcast people could check out is Cult of Popture, which is my friends uh, Negative Steve Mandel and uh, our friend Jason Gonzo. They do a weekly podcast where they essentially talk about what they did that week and the, you know, movies they saw and, you know, geek shit going on that they are dealing with. So they kind of talk about pop culture, you know, between the two of them. And that's always a good show. Uh, two other kind of ones that I, I, that I don't always listen to every episode of, but I, I listen to them or I try to listen to them. And, uh, one is another comic book show called panels and pizza that a guy named Adam Vermeo hosts. And he's in the Minnesota twin cities, you know, uh, North, northeast area north midwest east area wherever the hell that is and he basically meets combo creators at a pizza shop and they talk comics while they order and eat pizza and he's had some pretty good guests on there friends of mine you know phil hester's been on there um uh, otis frampton some other guys so that's a fun podcast and then i recently got introduced to one by a comic book writer on twitter where he was talking about um podcast called buffering the vampire slayer and it's um it's two two women uh one's a musician and they basically each episode they talk about a and the an episode of buffy the vampire slayer so they started the pilot and they go through all seven episodes or all seven seasons and it's just it's just funny because i watched those shows so many years ago so it's not like i'm re-watching them to listen to the podcast but they bring up things that you know, I can think back to him like, oh, yeah, I thought that was bullshit, too. Or I thought that was stupid or whatever. Um, and it's entertaining. So uh, that's kind of where I'm at right now. You know, I would get it more, you know, like I'm sure there's podcasts for every TV show I like. But if I did that, I would, you know, I'd be listening to 100 podcasts a week trying to keep up. Yeah, uh, that's funny. I, I've got a real small list of TV show podcasts that I occasionally listen to as well. Are, are there any justified podcasts you listen to? I don't know. I've 
if it's not hosted by Timothy Oliphant, I don't care. Right, because that's all you care about, right? You have, you have a man crush on Timothy Oliphant that is is uh, ridiculous. I think. Now he, he's okay. I mean, I I wouldn't watch. Uh... Do you have that Hitman movie on Blu-ray? Yeah, I wouldn't watch that for him. Right. He just happens to be in two of your favorite shows, playing a similar character. Oh well, I I like Deadwood fine. I I wouldn't put it maybe in my top twenty five favorite shows though. What? All right, that's a whole different fucking show, I suppose. Okay, all right. I don't think I've ever heard anyone say they wouldn't put Deadwood in their top ten shows. Yeah, it, it's uh, fine. All right, all right. So I guess we can wrap it up then. You know, those are some podcasts we like. So, so I guess I talked earlier, what I look for in a podcast that I enjoy is conversation. So not much, not so much. Like I don't want to hear standard answers you hear on like late knock talk shows. I want to hear a conversation of back and forth, some genuine sort of realness coming from the people being interviewed or being talked to. So I think most of my podcasts cover that. Um, so, I mean, what's your, when you put on a podcast, what's your, what's your main thing that you want to, you know, what's the main thing it does for you? What is the main thing I'm looking for in a show? Yes. Um, well, I guess anybody finds any show because of topic, right? So I, I, I wouldn't have found any of the shows on my list had I not searched for conspiracy show or paranormal show or science or whatever. Um, right. Um, I think, and all of my shows save for lore have multiple hosts. So something that's really important to me is, um, the chemistry and rapport between the hosts. If they're, if it's not good and they're not engaging with each other, then it, I just turn it off. I think, the presentation of the show, um, like a consistent structure, is a big plus. It, that's my biggest complaint with the conversational type shows, that there, there's no, I don't know, it, it, it's too free to go places that, while it might be enjoyable for the host and the interviewee in the moment, that it doesn't make for great radio. But ha- having those confines and having beats that you have to hit or segments, I think really helps as a listener. Oh, see, I, I like I like when conversations veer off and go and go on rambling topics for twenty minutes. Uh, I enjoy that because that's not something they prepared for, so you're hearing something one hundred percent genuine for the most part. But all right, so. Right. So, I mean, that's what it is. I'm a man of adventure. I'm always seeking adventure and you just want stability in my podcast selections. Yes. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, uh, okay. So wrapping it up, uh, you know, to stay to segments, uh, how was your, uh, nanite infused, uh, superhuman whiskey? Um, I would not buy it again. It's very sweet. And I think, I would like to say that had I not known any of that stuff, that I would still not buy it again. But having that knowledge puts an idea in my head. It makes me, 
I don't want to say imagine things, but have uh, an opinion. I had an opinion of it before I opened it. Right. Well, it's kind of read what I did. It's kind of like so since I don't really drink sodas anymore. When I do drink any type of soda, I'll drink like a Sprite Zero, which is sweetened with chemicals, which is sure to you know give me an extra toe or something. Uh, but if I was to go back to regular soda, I would go back to sugar sweetened soda and not chemically sweetened soda. So it's kind of the same idea. Like you want, you want the work, you want that, you want that liquid in those barrels for an extra 12 months or an extra yeah, two years uh, or three years. It, it's not a big deal because it's about, it's about the spirit in your mouth and what you think. But I will say that I'd imagine it's the same for, for any whiskey drinker that's the presentation however uh misinformed or um invented it may be the, the sense of history i think is one of the things that um people are drawn to when they pick up a bottle right right so you know um like this 1792 that's the year Kentucky became a state and you read the back and it's got a little story, the history of, you know, whoever it was that founded the distillery and they're still making, you know, they're still using the same, uh, the same mash bill that he did, um, and all of that stuff. So to know that, you know, this, this stuff came from the umbrella corporation is, yeah. Yeah. And it, it kind of is like, I mean, you just bought the sampler, so I don't know what a bottle of that shit costs. But, you know, good good bourbon, good whiskey, or, you know, mid-tier bourbon, mid-tier whiskey is fairly... You know, it's not something you just go pick up off the shelf and kill in one day. It's fairly pricey. Um, and with that is a level of quality you expect or, you know, at least a, a sense of history to where when you're drinking that drink, you're going to sip it because it was an investment. Whereas something that was made six months ago in a laboratory, I feel like should be sold at the dollar store. And it's something you do shots with, you know, it should be bottom of the shelf shit. So I guess I don't under, I don't, I mean, it maybe, maybe that whiskey you bought is bottom of the shelf whiskey. I don't know. No, I mean, it's cheap stuff. I paid two bucks for the, the 50 mil bottle. Um, so that translates to $20 bottle of bourbon. Or I guess rye whiskey in this case. Yeah, but you can get a Jim Beam or a other well-known whiskeys for less than twenty bucks a bottle. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's fine stuff in the same price range, and I, I know that a lot of those things are are misrepresented. Right. Those, those stories are mostly fiction. That it is, you know, these distilleries are all owned by, you know, international parent companies, and uh, a lot of this stuff is sourced out of the same place. There's this one place in Indiana that uh, distills a lot of the spirits that are then purchased by these other companies and blended together to make their own shit. I, I get that, but I, I still like the story. That's, that's part of the, part of the attraction rather than I not rather than, but in addition to the drink itself, I want that. I, I want that mystique that comes with the bottle and this, this right out of the gate just it's like fuck that this is this is space whiskey yeah you want the effort to be made and you don't want it to be made like right like you're talking about like you don't want lexcore whiskey like you want an effort 
Yeah, just you know, I I don't even care that it's a lie, but just right. give me a little bit of something. Um. All right. So, uh, for me, the Wasatch Devastator Double Bock Logger with the ram on the front in flames. Um, it was good. I mean, I drank the whole bottle. It didn't. Uh, it didn't turn me off at any point, but it also didn't uh, light any fires in my ass. So if I ordered this on tap somewhere, for you know, five bucks a pint, six bucks a pint, you know, my next round, I would try something new for that same $6. I wouldn't go right back to this. Um, as opposed to if this was on sale somewhere, I would get it again. But if a six pack of something I had never tried before was the same price, I would, you know, I would try to venture on and experience new things, not necessarily go to the well or seek this beer out. Um, but it's totally fine beer. You know, and if it was ever on sale or I could get a six pack for like seven, eight bucks, I totally would. It's fine. Um, there's no problems with it. I guess that's it. Uh, you got any personal projects you want to promote or anything or just? Nope. All right. Uh, you can follow us. You can follow the show on Twitter at TIG underscore show. You can follow me at, at Ryan Cody. You can follow Scott at, at Scotty God. And you can also uh, check out all the past episodes on the on uh, TigShow.com, www.tigshow.com. And uh, you can always uh, support the show by buying us around. Uh, there's a link there on our site. So I think that's about it, buddy. Right on, right on. All right, man. I'll talk to you next week. All right. Thanks, man. Bye. Bye.